So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Super insightful. Five stars. Pat interviews a lot of agents doing unique things to sell more homes. Not only does he interview the top 1% of all agents, but also interviews everyday agents, which is nice and can be more relatable. The ideas, or meat and potatoes, as he likes to say, are great and can be implemented immediately into my business. And that's what we like to do. We like to put actionable content that you could use like today or tomorrow. Five stars from Denver Real Estate. Thank you, Denver Real Estate. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest coming from Bulgaria. No, just kidding. I just asked him uh, in the green room here uh, some things about Bulgaria because he said his last name was Bulgarian. He, he had no clue. He's never been there. But that's okay because he's only 24 years old and he's kicking butt in Malibu, California, doing over $15 million a year and in a very short period of time has jumped into the luxury business, uh, basically, and uh, v- proved himself. And I'm excited to get him on the show. He's been referred to us by several of our listeners. And we're going to jump into some nitty gritty and find out how to get uh, nice, nice sale price properties and how to make money in real estate. So without further ado, Shane Dolgaroff. Welcome up, to Real man? Estate Rockstars. How you doing? Good, buddy. Good, Why don't good. you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Shane, before, um, before we start so they can get to know you better. So my name is Shane Dalgaroff. Like you said, I'm 24 years old. I sell real estate out of uh, Westlake Village, Malibu area. Uh, like he said, I do about $15 million a year. I've been full-time in the business for two years now. And um, it's been a really exciting journey, kind of going from, you know, four million last year to, uh, you know, fifteen this year. And uh, love the business, and it's been a great ride. So, what'd you do? Go to college first, and then jump so, right out of college into the biz, or what? I'll I'll give you a, a brief synopsis on my career. So, I left college after a year and a half. I was a soccer goalie in college, and then I left. I started an automotive customization business. I sold that business and moved into car sales, uh, got a job offer from a client at the car lot in aerospace sales, um, was the youngest person at the company, only person without a college degree. He just hired me because I was good at selling stuff. Then I said, I don't like having a boss. I'm going to go sell real estate. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was, um, that was my beginning uh, into real estate was from that space. I've always been in sales. And uh, it just worked really well. I love that. It reminded me of myself because I was 21 when I started. 
And uh, that was the, the, the reason. It had nothing to do with real estate. I didn't really like, like telling people about this is a fireplace and this is a kitchen. You know, it was all about the money. I could make uh, large commissions and I didn't have a boss. You know, I was free. Yeah. I think the number one thing for me was I didn't want someone telling me how much money I was going to make. I didn't want someone saying, well, we're going to put you on this account and you're going to call these people and this is how much money you're going to make. I really did not like that idea. I wanted to be able to expedite my growth at a rate that I wanted to. So that's why, that's why I love this business. You can scale it. You can tell yourself, I want to make 300 grand this year or I want to make 100 grand this year. It's your decision. That's, that's why I really like it. So talk to me about, yeah, first of all, uh, first of all, let's get in the nitty gritty, right? Like we ask everybody that comes on a show what their ECI is, their ego commission income, also known as gross commission income. What was your GCI? What, how much did you make uh, in commissions in the last 12 months, would you say? Uh, about 350. Okay. And then what's your net profit on that, Shane? My net profit is about 250. Okay. You, you know, not bad for a 24 year old. So let's talk about it. Like how did you, you know, when you got into the business, how'd you sell your first house? What'd you have to do to get there? I know you only sold four houses your first year, which is great in that it shows that you struggled a little bit. It wasn't easy. So tell me about that. So what'd you do when you first got in? So, and I failed to mention this upfront, my first year, you don't make a lot of money in real estate your first year. You can, some people do. Uh, I didn't make a ton of money. I actually managed a, a car collection for an A-list celebrity in Malibu one day a week to keep myself floating because I think it's important to have that money flowing into market. But <clears throat> really the way I got my first few listings was just knocking on doors. Whose cars were you looking at? I, I signed a non-disclosure agreement. I can't. About his I, cars? About, uh, about the client. Uh, he had some really cool cars. All right, cool. So anyways, all right. So you did that on the side. So that was your side gig. That was like, one day so tell me about your first house sale. How did you sell your first house? I went out in a, a neighborhood in Westlake, door knocking, and that's sort of how I got it. I, I captured the guy when he was three months away, kept following up with him, and then that turned into one listing. And then I did you tell him? Knocked. Did you tell him you were a brand new agent? Nope. Did he ever find out you were a brand new agent? Um, I think down the line he kind of figured out. Yeah, this kid hasn't done. <laughs> much of anything, but, uh, he liked me. He, I, I'm actually going to share uh, the review he wrote for me as my value content to the people in a mailer that I sent out to the neighborhood after I closed the deal. He liked that I was hungry. That's what he wanted. He interviewed eight different agents in the area, but he liked the fact that I was hungry and that I wanted the deal more than anyone else did. Yeah. I mean, youth is power, right? I mean, you could, you could spin it any way you want. You could spin it youth as an experience or you could spin it youth as power and that there's a lot of energy and that you wanted it. And really at the time, that was your only gig. You know what I mean? Like that was you, you, you were serious about this. How many door, doors did you knock on before you got this listing? <laughs> That's hard to say. Um, Back then, I was knocking on uh, 30 doors a day, five days a week. Um, okay, so 30 doors a day, five days a week. Did I have to answer the door? Nope. I was just doing 30 doors a day, five days a week. Run. You could hit. What, did, you, did you leave anything? I, I left I, I, some piece of content on the doorstep. I have a buyer looking for something in the neighborhood, just whatever. It's more about the volume and connecting with the people and then 
asking uh, what I always do or what I used to do. I don't really door knock so much anymore. I would always say, I would start with, do you know anyone that's thinking in the neighborhood that's thinking about selling? I have a buyer to sort of open up the dialogue and to have a friendly conversation. That's not a direct sales pitch. And then I would ask them, well, you know, are you thinking about it at all? And um, I had a lot of success with that. And um, yeah, that's sort of how my first one went down. All right. And so now where's your business coming from here? Year two, you did 15 million, but your average sale price, by the way, is like a million dollars, right? About, about a million bucks. So I do more volume than pretty much anyone in, in a certain, in like the South half of Westlake. Um, I haven't pulled the exact statistics, so I can't say for sure, but I sit two open houses every single weekend and I have great signage. My name is on there big, which I think is very important because I think branding yourself in the hyper local market that you want to dominate is very important. And um, I put those signs out there every Saturday, every Sunday. And I always make sure that I have a listing in that portion of Westlake to market so that I can keep the ball rolling. So are, these aren't even your listings, right? That you're sitting. No, no, no they are. Now, now they are. Um, I, I pretty much have always... I always try to have a listing in there that's mine. So I have something to market. And then if I don't, I haven't had to do this, but there's nothing wrong with sitting other people's open houses. Right, right. And uh, tell me about these open houses. Like, first of all, how do you get them to sign in? Do you use a, do you use a tablet uh, with a certain um, uh, app downloaded on it? Do you use a standard old piece of paper? What are you using? I am a huge proponent of Open Home Pro. I don't know if you guys have ever discussed this application on the show before. I think maybe one person has mentioned about it, but why don't you, why don't you elaborate? So Open Home Pro is a great tool because um, it's very user-friendly. Uh, you can, I have mine here. Um, it basically, they just tap and you get to select what questions they need to answer. I always leave name, email address, phone, and do you need to sell a house, yes or no? That's all I need to know. I don't ask for anything else. Name, email address, and do you need to sell a house? Yes or no. And then, and then after they, they fill it out on a tablet, right? And then do you flip mm -hmm. the tablet, read it, and then read the, the email back to them? Or do you, or do you say, uh, do you ask them to read it back in case they gave you a bogus one? Or is, um, is I usually don't. And it's, I think it's just part of the game that sometimes we get bogus email addresses. People don't want to give their data. Yeah. Um, and so you don't ask for cell phone or you do? I do. Okay. I do. And sometimes I usually try to grab them like right at the door. If I don't grab them at the door, I'll try to build a little bit of rapport with them before I ask for the information because I find that the data is a lot more accurate that way. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool. An item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox, full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox 
to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. Do you walk around the house with them or do you just let them flow? I, it's person by person for me. It, there's certain people that walk in there that I can just tell they want nothing to do with you. Um, and I usually try to open up a little bit of dialogue and see if that gets me somewhere. But um, for the most part, I try to stay with the party and continually build rapport with them if I feel it's appropriate. Okay. And what, what else are you doing to get business or is, is all your deals coming from open houses? I would say pretty much all of it is open house. Um, I, I got, I, I don't want to call it lucky, but at the same time it was, um, whenever I get a sign call on anything, I always dig, 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 because if someone calls your sign, they're thinking about doing something. I had a listing for about 1.4 million in my farm area of Westlake this year. I got one sign call from it and that ended up turning into a sale and a purchase. Actually, sorry, two sales and a purchase. And they were all pretty big dollar amounts. And, um, that ended up being a good portion of my business this year. So let's talk about that, right? So, okay, first of all, what's dig, dig, dig mean? If someone calls your sign and they ask you questions about the property, don't let them just talk about the property they're asking you about. I think it's really important to uh, ask them about, you know, what they're thinking about doing, what their, what their thought process is, where they live. Uh, just try to get into why they're calling your sign. Just and be curious, have, right? Just to be massively curious. Yeah, and just find out how you can help them with what they're trying to do. Uh, the person that called me ended up having a um, property, uh, a family property that they needed to sell. And then I helped them do a, a 1031 exchange from uh, one of their investment properties into a property they're actually going to live in. And now they're going to sell their primary residence, not this year, next year for about a million seven. So that one sign call has generated well over a hundred thousand dollars of uh, of commission for me. So yeah, and 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 essentially, I guess you know you want to try to keep them on the phone as much as possible, right? Like you, like some people are just asking them straight up, you know, scripted questions, and it sounds to me like you're you're actually trying to engage them in a deep, long conversation, almost yes. to the point where like you. You, you want them to be like, damn, I'm, you know, I was on the phone for half an hour with that guy. What I, want, I was on the phone for half an hour with her. I want them to be my friend. I like, I don't like using scripts. I, love that. Yeah. I like, I, I legitimately want to build a relationship with them. And now to this day, like I just called her yesterday and told her about another house that came on the market and she was thrilled to hear from me. Oh, Shane, like, I know you're so busy. Thanks for calling me. So on and so forth. So that's, that's what I, I shoot for with my clients. I, don't like using scripts. I think it's important to be genuine with people and no scripts in the back of your mind. So you know what direction you need to take the client. But um, yeah, that's, that's sort of how I, how I do it. So what would you say to people listening that say, you know, if I'm going to start out brand new or even, you know, been in the business a while, if I'm going to go into the luxury market or I'm going to up my game and up my sales price, you know, where does that confidence come from? You know, a lot of people might be scared to uh, deal with, with, with clientele in that range, or is that, is that just normal to you? 
I come from a relatively wealthy area. The average sales price of a million dollars is like a 2,500 square foot house. Okay. It's nothing really, really special. I mean, these people are, are educated and they do have money. But yeah, I mean, for my, for my area, that's kind of like, that just is what it is. And that's kind of what I'm used that's, to. You, you didn't really have a choice like to go to a lower end neighborhood to start. Uh, I mean, there certainly are. There certainly are lower end neighborhoods. I, I think this is what I would say. I think it's important to start in an area that you can confidently identify with and then build from there. I felt confident in the, you know, 700 to million two market. So I started pumping out volume there. And now as time is going on, I'm slowly but surely starting to work into the higher and higher end. Like I haven't landed any huge, huge $10 million listings yet, but um, I legitimately believe that I am ready for it. And I think that's important. And I think that's the way to get there is to believe that you are extremely well qualified to be there. And, and so let's talk about some technology here. What apps uh, are really cool right now besides the open house one that you mentioned that you're using on a regular basis uh, with real estate? Instagram. <laughs> I think. Uh, Tell me about I, that. I, I think that's um, a space that right now isn't necessarily the most important thing in the world. I think you can still make an obscene amount of money without being strong on Instagram. But my age group, the 24 year olds, when they're 30, um, they're going to have already seen my success on my Instagram because that's where I sort of post everything. They're going to have already seen that for five years. And by the time they're ready to buy or even other people that haven't been following me for five years go and look at that space, they're going to be like, oh, okay, like this is, I think that's our version of, of websites now. I think like when I go to find something out about someone, I go and I look at their Instagram and see what kind of person, what, what kind of person is this? And um, I, I focus on that space quite a bit. Yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, I've even stopped putting people in their cell phone phone books, right? They just go, what's your IG? Mm-hmm. Right? And then, and then you just put it down and then they just collect friends on Instagram and, and yeah. you can do it in a second rather than, typing somebody's name in the phone. So, all right. So let's uh, talk a little bit about that. So, you know, um, a lot of the listeners here, you know, might still be caught up in Facebook. Some have switched over to Snapchat and they're now getting pulled off of Snapchat. Uh, Interesting story, uh, you know, what's going on with there. If you look at it, I know that, uh, you know, Facebook tried to buy Snapchat. Snapchat said, no, hit the road. And then they went and created their own, you know, Instagram stories and, and, and version of Snapchat. And so do you think Snapchat and Facebook and some of these other sites are going to be pretty much like the, the new MySpace in a couple of years? No, because I think they all serve their, their purposes differently. I think that Snapchat for me is a, great place to, is a great place to be with my friends. I try to keep that more personal so that I can have a personal media outlet uh, and still stay in touch with my friends and occasionally post some real estate content on there. But I'm really big on, on Instagram. Uh, personal Facebook, I have like two or 3,000 friends on there. Um, I think it's important to publish your stuff on there, not to spam people, not to consistently post once a day about, I, here's this listing I'm looking at, here's this listing appointment. But like it, this September, I sold $5.2 million of real estate in one month. And 
So I took all of those sales and, you know, I wrote, had a little write up. This has been a great month. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support. I couldn't do it without you guys or your referrals. So thank you. And that got a bunch of likes and it's not too spammy. So posts like that, I think are, are really good because it shows to your sphere of influence, the people that you know, that you're doing well. And you're also asking for referrals in a non-direct way. Like, thank you for this. I couldn't do it without your referrals, which honestly, I've maybe gotten two referrals from Facebook in the past two years. So it's not a huge place where I'm acquiring business from. But um, as time goes on, I think it, it will. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So as, as a 24-year-old, right, competing against agents that might be 44, 54, 74, agents that have been in the business a long time, how are you beating them? So I use being young to my advantage. Like we were saying before, there's, there's power in being young. You, I have more energy than they do. I have more time than they do. I will work harder than them. And the most important thing is that and this is exactly what I tell everyone, 95% of home searches are started online. So you need to be with someone who knows how to present you very strong in that space. So with your, you need to be strong on Instagram. You need to be strong on Facebook. You need to be working with someone that knows how to effectively use paid Facebook advertisements and Instagram to give you that leg up on a hyper local level and just know exactly what they're doing in the online space. Because really, that's the bulk of what's going on now. That's where homes are sold. And, and what specifically are you doing besides, besides just paying for Facebook and Instagram ads? Or is that it? So with Facebook, there's, there's a lot that you can do other than like posting someone something and clicking boost post. So I'll take a, an advertisement, let's say um, to give the client exposure. I'm going to sit in open house at their property Saturday, Sunday, one to four. So I'll do a paid Facebook advertisement targeting people that live within my area with a minimum age, a minimum net worth, certain interests, exclude real estate agents from that target. So you're not wasting money on targeting the the real estate agents. And um, that gives their property more exposure. That gives you more exposure. And that gets more people running through the open house. 
that you're then capturing through Open Home Pro. And then... Right. So, so what this looks like, guys, is, is, is you can want to visualize this. Is So you're minding your own business on Facebook. And for some reason, this guy, Shane, who you never met before, who you're not friends with, by the way, and you have no mutual friends with, shows up on your Facebook feed, open house one to three today, and it happens to be 1215, and it happens to be a house right around the corner from you, and you're like, wow, what a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. Shane paid for that. Exactly. And that's the type of thing that, I, I mean, that's one of the avenues that I will go down that, um, quite frankly, most of the more seasoned agents don't really need to because they already have their business established or don't know how, more likely don't know how to do effectively. What other tricks? So like on my personal Instagram, Shane underscore homes, you'll see that my photos get a lot of traction. And when you're using the correct hyperlocal hashtags, like for me, Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village, Malibu, if, you're, if your posts are getting a ton of traction and a ton of likes, you're going to rank in the top in the top nine, so the top posts in those hashtags. So anytime someone searches hashtag Thousand Oaks, hashtag Newberry Park, hashtag Malibu, um, the properties that I'm marketing for my clients are being ranked in the top of those hashtags. So that's effectively giving myself and their properties more exposure than I would say any type of, of magazine or or almost anything you can do. If you're ranking in the top of those hashtags that mean something, uh, you're, you're doing well and you're getting a lot of exposure. Yeah, because you could go on a listing appointment and you could be like, hey, let's go to Instagram. Let's go to Thousand Oaks, right? And uh, let's see what shows up. And then you'd be like, oh, this is my listing. This is my listing. This is my listing. Who else are you talking to? I'm talking to Stanley Milford. Well, let's see if Stanley's got any uh, of his listings in here. No, nothing. Thousand Oaks. Let's try Malibu. I don't see Stanley in here anywhere. That sort of yeah. idea. So I, I, I screenshot the top nine. So I'll, uh, so what I take with me on my listing appointments, just as, as an extra tool, I go, here's this post I made. Here's how many likes it got. And here it is in the top nine of these hyperlocal hashtags of, you know, hashtag Thousand Oaks. If someone's going to buy a house, uh, they're going to be looking at on Instagram, like if they're look on Instagram, they're going to be looking at Would local hashtags. The top nine, just the last nine that were posted. No, so there's um, you have your top nine, and then you have um, most recent. So the top nine are the posts that are getting the most traction. They are okay. the I most favorable. It means that Instagram's algorithm is liking how much traction you're getting. And it's the top nine, not the top ten. <laughs> No, I think it's, I believe it's nine because it's rows of three. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and so now they do it by whatever's getting the most traction. So, yeah. And, and you can't pay for that, right? You just have to strategically, you, know, you just have to get the most likes. You, yeah. You have to be strategic about it. For sure. so, so how many hashtags per house would you say? You, uh, you can only do 30. You, uh, uh, Instagram limits you at 30 hashtags. But you can oh. cut and paste them, right? So you can just hold down and yeah, that's all I do. I have my list of my list of hashtags. Every time I post, it, it goes in there, and um, yeah, I'm I'm also consistent about my posting, and yeah, I, I just use the same hashtags over and over. I love that, and I and you know I love learning how 
how a millennial or how a young person or even just any new agent can beat out an experienced agent. Because I think it's at the end of the day, that's really what people listening to this show want to hear, right? How do I beat somebody else out on a listing presentation? How about on the buyer side? How are you beating out some of these seasoned agents uh, when working with buyers? So I, my business is a little bit different. I'm, mo- I'm probably 75% listings. Which is brilliant, by the way. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, that's, I think it's brilliant. I think everybody should be ideally 75% listings. I mean, did you go into the business saying, I'm going to be a listing agent? I went into the business knowing that I'm going to take as many listings as I possibly can. We only have a finite amount of time to follow up with people. And unless you meet someone at your open house and you immediately have some good rapport with them, you know, they're going to be a good buyer and they're going to be loyal that's when I will follow up with a buyer. I don't chase buyers that are elusive and, you know, wanting to go directly to the listing and all this, you know, spend your time acquiring listings because listings have babies. You get one listing. Oh, the neighbor three doors down is going to sell their house. And then it, they just, they just breed more listings. And it also is exposure for you at a local level. Oh, I, I, I agree 100%. I love that. I, you know, everybody should pick and choose their buyers. I mean, uh, you know, half the agents, more than half the agents out there are chasing buyers. And I love the, and very few, you know, chase listings. I love the junkyard dog attitude of chase listings. Do whatever you can to get a listing, but then pick and choose your buyers. I think it's really important because like I was saying before, we only have so much time on our hands. And when I have free time to sit down and follow up with people, the listings come first. Listing leads, I will always call them first. And then if I have time left over, or if I have a really sweet buyer lead that's buying for 2 million, then I'll follow up with them. Because it just from a business standpoint, it makes a hell of a lot more sense to allocate your time towards getting listings. Mm-hmm. 100%. So uh, let's wrap this up, Shane, with our flagship question. And that is this. If, if I were to put you on a game show with nine other millennial agents that are brand new in the business, right? And um, I put you on an island. Now, bear in mind, this island has a lot of commerce. People are buying, selling things. People are buying, selling houses. Um, But nonetheless, you're on an island and all 10 agents don't know a soul. I gave each agent, say, 2,000 bucks. I gave them a laptop computer and I gave them a cell phone. Whichever agent sold the most houses in six months gets a $10 million prize. How are you going to win this game? Facebook. I would say if I'm going to win this game, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to knock on as many doors as I can. And I'm going to use that $2,000 towards paid Facebook advertisements, period. And then tell me like, how are you going to angle those Facebook ads? So this is where you have to get into a lot of detail and yeah. I, it, it's, it's some rough, rough, like ideas, like the first one you did, right? Like all the neighbors of your open house, maybe all that, maybe all the people that you go knock on their doors, right? You know, um, you know, like a, like a home valuation, how much is your home worth? Click on it, takes you to uh, your landing page, westlakevalues.com. They fill it out. You now know that they're somewhat interested in the value of their home. And you either get their email address, phone number, you call them, email them, or if not, just go knock on their door. If you're, if you're new in this business 
and you have time and you're not getting anywhere with uh, phone calls and emails, go knock on their door. That's, I mean, I, I still do that to this day and, and I still will do some door knocking because it's, um, it's, it's still effective. Yeah. I love it. Well, listen, Shane, this has been great. I appreciate you taking time on your busy day today. Everybody that comes on the show adds something of value that the agents can use to our agent toolbox. It needs to be something they can download, print out, and, and utilize in their business with their team or on a daily basis. What can you give today as a free gift? I can attach a few of my, uh, my mailing pieces that I've used, like the month where I sold um, – $5 million of real estate. And then I'm also, uh, we can attach the, the open home pro uh, application for people to download. I think that'll be, I think everybody that sits open houses needs to have an iPad and needs to use that application because once you get their data in there, you export it into a CSV file, you put it into your CRM and you follow up with them. That's awesome, buddy. I love it. So guys, so what we're going to do is we're going to put everything on uh, hybendigital.com backslash Shane D, the letter D. I won't spell his Bulgarian last name because you won't remember it if you're driving down a road. So I'm going to just put Shane D, the letter D. And everything Shane talked about today will be on there in the show notes. Uh, I'm going to put his free gift on there in the show notes, his free gifts plural in the show notes, as well as hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444-999. Shane, this has been awesome, buddy. If I'm ever in the Malibu area, I'll look you up. We'll get together and break some bread. We'd love to do it. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.